This is the Subscription Rockstars podcast, brought to you by Subly, the number one subscription e-commerce platform. This podcast is where entrepreneurs, marketers, and business owners learn tactics to grow their subscription revenue with your host, Stefan Pretty. I, I want to first of all explain, Khalil is an expert in, in wellness, right? Now, I want to give the backstory as to how I met Khalil, first of all. It's definitely probably an overshare for me, but I think it's an essential part of the, the nature of this episode. First of all, you don't even know this story. You don't know this story. I've not even told you this. So the... You've been working here for since August? August, about right. August, yeah. Yeah. I've seen you or walking around the office in that. And we spoke once, I think. But anyway, uh, the day that you were on the corner, by the way, I had literally had one of the worst days in, well, I mean, this year has been terrible. Oh, wow. But this was like extra bad. It was also a day where I was most happy. Huh. And I was in a really good mood. Because I realized that no matter what, I was going to be okay. Yeah. Because this year has been an absolute battle for everybody. And I think we can all agree on that, right? So when I was walking down the hill and I was saying to myself, you're okay. Like, it's it's all good. Mm. And I felt really pleased that I got into this place where I was able to say that despite having had a terrible day at work. Yeah. Like, it was awful. I know, actually, there's more to that story. So I was living abroad for four years. I came back um, and I was pretty miserable. And then... Lockdown happened. I had all my friends had moved away from Edinburgh. Okay. So I was in a pretty yeah. tough spot. Tough. And yeah, so that's another component as well. So I got to this place where I was like, I'm quite happy. I was content despite this shitty day that I'd had. Mm. And then then you were on the corner and you said hello. And I was like, oh shit. And turns out you're a cool guy. <laughs> and I, I, you know, it's safe to say, I think we've become friends. So, yeah. and then even more uh, relevant was the fact that you work in wellness and that that's your expertise so it was just like a really poignant moment and i and i and i saved that for this because i I hadn't told you that i didn't know so i'm um, glad to uh to have been able to brighten a pretty yeah yeah definitely so that's the story from how i met khalil um and i had to get him into an interview because wellness is so important as i said earlier like this is literally the worst year for most people i reckon Anxiety levels, depression levels, everything must be through the roof for the ma- a majority of people. People. Yeah, it's not an easy year for sure. You do wellness for for businesses, basically, right? Workspaces, workplaces. workplaces. This is close to my heart um, for so many reasons because uh, you know through my own journey of mental health and and fitness in general, mm-hmm. I'm what you'd call a, a mental health advocate, or I'd call myself that, right? The other thing that really strikes me is that in the world we've got entrepreneurship over here and business over here but we've also got wellness on the other end and they seem to be at odds with each other like Mm. the way that they're portrayed in the media are at polar ends of the spectrum sometimes not always okay well we'll get to that we'll get yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. so i actually want to hear what's your perspective on well first of all what is wellness let's start with that i mean i think there's so many ways in which you can you can look at what wellness or well-being is we take an individualized approach anyway so we support people to actually figure out what well-being or wellness is for them but overall kind of we break wellness and well-being down into four main areas we look at mental health um, and i'll go into i guess we'll go into what what that actually looks like around mental health then physical activity sleep and nutrition four areas which are very interconnected right if you if you're looking at 
how you slept and you wake up and you're not feeling rested mm. that impacts your day impacts your mood your cravings it impacts your likelihood of being physically active you know if you're not necessarily feeling that motivated or energetic mm -hmm. you're not going to be physically active which then could impact stress anxiety yeah. all of that but um you know there's so many different other areas that are coming up around well-being and financial well-being is a really oh. big thing at the moment um digital well-being and people's relationship with their tech for example like social media like social media mm. or work-life balance work-life blend mm. almost i heard a, a saying today on a webinar um it's not working from home it's living at work some ah. people are feeling right wow, at yeah. home and so it's how like that's a big aspect but overall our aim for, for well-being and the way we see it if someone is well i think they're happy mm. they're mentally and physically healthy socially healthy and i think that they feel like they can be productive and, and effective and, and perform well in whatever they do you know whether that's just hanging out with their friends or running a company it basically affects all parts of life then yeah but, work home social everything family yeah. actually the opposite question is what is wellness not i guess that's a good point so so i think sometimes we can we can say well-being and maybe even if you saw the title of this of this podcast whatever whatever <laughs> it is you know people can think oh workplace workplace well-being or well-being is you know, people that are yoga gurus or <laughs> fitness fanatics and very much kind of into it and it's their lifestyle you know it's like an active mentally healthy lifestyle but actually being physically active for example um you know can just mean that you walk 20 minutes a day 30 minutes a day around your garden or your gardening mm. you know and i think there's a story that i often tell in, in workshops i was developing a well-being action plan and strategy for this accounting firm partner brought us in where he's like right this is Khalil he's going to come in and develop a well-being strategy for us looking at these four areas physical activity being one of those areas and um great whatever went through the first half half, half the day yeah one of the staff members at lunch because I was about to go she goes Khalil just come in she looks really scared she's like oh my god I'm like what's going on yeah how, how can I help she's like are you going to make us go to the gym at lunch <laughs> right she's like and I think I tell that story because I think people can automatically think physical activity equals the gym, it equals running, it equals high intensity workouts, yeah. but it can genuinely mean gardening. It can mean walking up and down the stairs, doing five star jumps whilst making tea. I guess our approach is, is trying to help people to integrate small amounts of well-being aspects into their lives sustainably. Mm. Um, and hopefully, you know, some is good, more is better, but yeah. get them to at least do that sum. From zero to one. For, yeah. Basically. Rather than zero to five yeah. or zero to a hundred. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. they end up at five and a hundred eventually because they've taken that one step towards it and they've realized the benefits of it, right? Or at least just sticking to one over time rather than doing three for a month and then nothing for the rest of the year, yeah. which is far more effective. So yeah, I guess long story short, well-being, the way that we see it is, is that it's individual and allowing people to integrate small changes into their lives that are gonna make them happier, healthier, more productive mm -hmm. at work, more performing, more engaged. Um, but yeah, it doesn't have to be a big lifestyle shift where you just run loads or, or just meditate all the time, yeah. you can do. You can live and i guess that's kind of a nice segue right like mm. we're we're here um you know drinking drinking whiskey a very nice whiskey talking about well-being and yeah. i think some people go well what 
that that seems a bit contradictory or kind of <laughs> hypocritical but actually you know i think you need to to have balance so we're having we're enjoying a whiskey and and you know i'm not it's a friday it's a friday end of the day, of the day um, not working anymore and it's nice to you know with friends it's nice to have 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 a drink sometimes within moderation obviously i'm not encouraging people to drink i think obviously it's healthier if you don't but mm. yeah, it's I a boundary it's a boundary yeah, you, we set a boundary for the end of the day and now we're yeah. relaxing for a little bit and and that's nice and i think if you can do that balanced in moderation it's much more healthy i think than um sometimes maybe overdoing it and like with chocolate for example even as mm. an example some people go Khalil, i've stopped eating chocolate and they look really happy and <laughs> it's wonderful in a way you know if, if they're if they're trying to look after their well-being and they're and they're happy about kind of a milestone but i think somebody that's happy about not eating chocolate will probably be someone who's maybe eaten too much chocolate mm. for good health okay. and they enjoy it so much that they're kind of eating so much that they can't kind of stop but i think if you're cutting out something like that that you enjoy so much mm, in a, your life that's a really good point that's actually. one really sad yeah, yeah but also how sustainable is that yeah maybe you can last a month two months Going but then turkey on it. when you start yeah. having chocolate again if you do yeah. you probably are going to have far more than you did before <laughs> whereas if you can like manage how much chocolate you eat how mm. much whiskey you drink how much uh, i don't know sugar you have or whatever as long as you can do that in a balanced way for good health again it's that sustainability that long-term impact of just living well yeah. over time is going to be far healthier and more effective than doing very short-term extreme diets extreme fitness fads yeah. Um, does that make sense? No, it does. Absolutely. I mean, sustainability is a very important factor for the success yeah. of what you're doing, I guess, is what you're trying to say. I quit drinking for six months. I basically went teetotal, cold turkey, six months without alcohol. But I'm crazy in that I can do that quite easily. Like I have cold showers every morning. Mm -hmm. And I found that afterwards, I still didn't drink that much. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Sustainability mm -hmm. in a wellness program is, is imperative. Totally. And uh, to that point, actually, Stefan, I think just, just on that, I think sometimes these big extreme, you know, cold turkey for a bit can kickstart you. But I think sometimes if you're training, let, let's say you, you've gone for six months of being, of not drinking, or you're training for a marathon, so you're running loads and loads and loads. Mm -hmm. Once you get to the end of that, I think it's important to have a plan mm. after. What what are you going to keep huh. doing? Or, okay, I'm cutting out alcohol for six months, but when you if you know that you're going to start again in six months, what's your plan to make sure that you're doing that in a healthy way rather than going, oh, great, I can drink again. I'm yeah, going to buy yeah, a really yeah. nice bottle of whiskey and drink it all in one <laughs> go because I've missed this so much yeah. and having that healthy relationship with it it's interesting i don't know why but what you just said reminded me of something that one of my buddies is doing uh, around the topic of uh, having a plan if you're um, a sportsman which i know you you are you've got a, a background in sports mm -hmm. um and when you've been a professional uh, sportsman or sportswoman um and when you, you stop doing it professionally and actively then what do you do after that and and mm. his focus is uh having a plan yeah for that transition yeah, because that is actually a really tough transition. I never even thought about that, but what you're saying is extremely uh, in line with that. Actually, yeah, <laughs> going from absolutely. zero to a hundred and then back to what? Back to what? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And you feel great for a bit. Yeah, you go, oh, I'm never going to run again after that marathon. <laughs> great, fine. If you're fed up with running and you need variation, but then maybe are you going to go swimming? Are yeah. you going to start cycling? Are you going to go to the gym? Start a sport? Um, but yeah, that that athlete to retirement transition or if you've been training to try and be pro and then you don't make it it's, mm. it's a really big big area that that can actually 
quite dark in a sense around around the mental imagine. health issues that come from that and identity and oh, you, God, you even yeah. see that in, in people that are retiring too who have been you know very well one if you're if you're an exec and you've done very well in your career and you go from that being your identity to then retiring it can be mm. tough but also those that necessarily haven't been execs and still retire you know oh, what now now yeah, what do i do with my time how do i do it as i was mentioning just before that you know i, I feel like they're at two ends of the spectrum. You've got entrepreneurship and business over here, and then you've got wellness over here. I don't agree with that. Yeah. You know I don't agree yeah. with that, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is why you're smiling. And I wanna I wanna understand what your perspective is on that. Like, yeah. where do they meet? Sure. And where do they not meet? Absolutely. I guess that's what my whole company right, is right, for, right? right? <laughs> which is uh, <laughs> their <too>. well-being. <laughs> Check it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we'll, we'll definitely get you to mention where people can find you at the end. So yeah. 100%. But yeah, so I would say they're actually extraordinarily linked. Um, and if you even look at a different example and look at sport, right? Um, if, if any of you have seen the... If you, did you watch the Chicago Bulls Net, uh, Netflix documentary? Um, no, I've heard it's really good though. What's it called? The Last Dance, The Final Dance, something like that. Um, but even back then, performance sport athletes, right? And if you think about entrepreneurs, they're essentially performance sport business people in a way, yeah, right? You're yeah, going for it. You're like at the top, you're, you're going as hard as you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And their coach really helped them to really live a life of balance and well-being and, and integrated meditation into their their thing and, and and olympians also make sure that their lives are balanced and that they integrate well-being and they f stick to their plans um, around health and well-being but so with business i think and entrepreneurs one thing especially as an entrepreneur if you're starting out by yourself or even a small team you mm. are your biggest asset mm -hmm. right you are your biggest you know human capital usually even if you're working in tech or designing a machine that'll you know do most of your work you are still the person or the people driving your company and without you there's no company mm -hmm. you would look after your tech very well you wouldn't just chuck your laptop if you're a coder right down the room maybe frustrated yeah. if you're frustrated but like, you know you'd look after your your tech 100%. and if you don't look after your yourself right you can't work and i think covid's been an extremely apt example of that if people aren't healthy you can't work mm. can't do anything yeah. the economy crashes yeah. and so where well-being links is one there's so much science around. If you're a happier, healthier individual, you work better. Mm. You're going to be more productive. You're going to be more engaged. You're probably going to be more effective. And actually, there's such clear evidence, even from a financial bottom line perspective, that when organizations and individuals spend time and even money on mental health initiatives, physical activity, nutrition initiatives, and, and around sleep, mm. that they make a return on investment on that. And um, mm. Deloitte, Deloitte, um, that a big consulting firm, they came out with a, a report earlier this year, pre-COVID, but they found organizations that um, invest in mental health initiatives, can positive return on investment across the board. And on average, that's a return on investment of five to one, which is massive. And wow. then if you look at sport and physical activity, AXA PPP came out with, I think it's AXA PPP. Anyway, there's a, a report that, that came out showing that you get a return of up to 34 pounds to one pound invested with physical activity in the workplace. And then we have a, a well-being strategy that we developed for a small startup. So it was about 13 staff at the time, mm -hmm. a London-based um, tech startup looking at dementia technology. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. So they, they did a lot of stuff in, in care homes. Uh-huh. 
to help those with dementia to, to kind of improve their social interaction and help with dementia. We developed a top-down strategy looking at those four areas. The executive team and everyone had loads of buy-in, which really helped. So there's that top-down buy-in and bottom-up mm. buy-in from their staff. Um, but it led to um, happier staff, more productive staff. So the CEO said that presenteeism was cut out. So presenteeism was when people show up to work, but they're not really uh, there, they're okay. not productive. Okay. Yep. Um, and that's where the biggest cost of a lack of well-being comes ah, from. That's, that's um, huge, yeah. And then uh, less absence rates. And even from a quantitatively measurable um, output with their sales, their sales doubled in just three months after the wow. strategy was implemented. So it led to a return on investment of 250 to one. Um, so you can read about it on our website, but I mean, it's just, it's nuts, isn't it? Is it? Like 250 to one ROI. Like you can't, it's a no brainer. Even if you don't care about your health yeah. and happiness, this clear bottom line. The funny thing is the world's so crazed and mad about productivity, right? Mm. And productivity hacks. And you can find a million blog posts about how you can be more productive. Yeah. And all of them are promoting like getting more done in the day, right? Yeah. And and none of them are talking about wellness. So this is insane. This isn't, this should be a revelation to anybody watching or listening to this. It speaks true to, to my heart because I, I can attest that mm. when I'm not taking care of myself, I'm not productive. Right. But when I am, I can move mountains. Mm. And I think that I'm sure a lot of people can relate right. to that, if not everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So that's huge, 250 to one. Yeah. And even on that point <laughs> about getting more done, it's not necessarily, again, with productivity about getting more done yeah. or, and like using this to squeeze more out of your employees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's working smarter yeah. rather than yeah. harder. 100%. Um, be, being clear-headed, yeah. being able to yeah. feel good about what you're doing and everything in between. There's just so many touch points for it, isn't there? Right. Yeah. You know what, you've just given me an idea. We're, we're currently doing our 2021 planning for, for Subly. Um, change of plan, guys. <laughs> change of plan. We're not going to do any more investments apart from wellness <laughs> 250 to one <laughs> <Yeah>. do it <laughs> i'm kidding <laughs> but no, in all seriousness um after our first conversation i mentioned that we we're being kind of pen penning the initial wellness policy yeah. and wellness program in, in subly because we're a remote company so yeah i would love your input on that <laughs> sure in, in all seriousness friends and family discount friends and family discount <laughs> now we spoke about wellness now can you share like some things that people can do yeah that are like things that they could implement today Totally, yeah, and I think I can give examples one on, on as an individual, but also if you're an, uh, an entrepreneur mm. or running, have direct reports, how you can integrate this into your company culture too. But I think as an individual, like I said at the, at the start, everybody we take an individual approach to this. So one of our workshops is develop your well-being action plan, and we might have fifteen people, forty people on a, on a workshop. Usually, there's about forty different action plans that come out. So I think every, there's no kind of one size fits all approach to this, but I think one thing that can work if you're really struggling and time is a barrier, motivation is a barrier, you know, it's getting darker outside mm -hmm. early, COVID's here, um, is even just taking a 10, 15 minute walk outside mm -hmm. or spending time outside, but at least being physically active, even just 10 or 20 minutes can really help improve stress and anxiety levels. It helps you take a break. Also, if you can go outside as it's getting darker, it also help reduce things like um, seasonal affective disorder. Mm. So yeah, 10, 10, 15, 20 minute walk, if, if anything, ideal at lunchtime. If you're starting to feel stressed and anxious, even a one or two minute breathing exercise. Mm. Um, so someone on a call today that we had suggested just breathing in for four seconds and breathing out for four seconds. Okay. And she found um, that her, her thing was running, but when she doesn't have time to go out for a run, mm. she just does that if she's starting to feel anxious and, and stressed and that's really helped her. Um, 
mindfulness apps and guided mindful meditations. There's a, an external report that looked at Headspace, for mm -hmm. example. And, and again, there are so many different apps out there to use. So I'm not just advocating Headspace, but I, yeah, I, I love what Calm. they do. Calm. I like Calm. Um, or Insight Timer, which is free. But they found that oh. just 10 minutes, 10 minutes of mindful meditation a day after 10 days can lead to 14% reduction in stress and anxiety. That's crazy. It's huge. If you think 14% and after 30 days, I think it was something like 40 something percent but i wonder if you compared that number to how much pe time people spend on their phones looking at instagram and stuff like if they check their screen time app right now it'd probably be like five hours a day five hours. <laughs> <laughs> Close to that. yeah in just 10 minutes or the amount of time that you spend thinking about being anxious oh, right compared to actually uh, doing something about it yeah so mindfulness breathing exercises being active and also sleeping mm. so i don't think people realize the power of sleep Right, and actually sleeping seven to nine hours is minimum of good quality sleep a night. Not nine's a, a lot though, but seven to nine. Yeah, nine's yeah. a lot. Nine's a lot. Some people actually need nine yeah. minimum. Wow. Some people are fine with seven, and I know a lot of people think they're okay with five or six. Yeah, no. Um, and scientifically proven, it like less than less than one percent of people scientifically can sleep six hours a night for good health. Okay. Some people can, there's like an enzyme in your oh. brain that's released, but it's very rare, you know, and sometimes people are like, oh, if I ever share that stat, they're like, yeah, but I think I'm that person. You're more likely to get struck by lightning than to be that person. <laughs> that's actually wild. <laughs> that's, a, that's literally a fact. <laughs> yeah, it is. Matthew Walker, he's, he's got a great, great book. Um, he's a sleep expert, okay. Why We Sleep, or he has some stuff on TED huh. um, where, where, where he looks at that. But it's, it improves your memory, your mood, um, improves your, your ability to um, be emotionally stable, also improves appearance, and as well, it improves your, your immunity. So mm. even just by, again, making these small but sustainable changes, so trying to and I just reduce screen time before bed by 10, 15 minutes, have a sleep routine. So before you go to sleep, you know, we all have an alarm. This is my Achilles heel in the morning. about right now. Yeah, you do. Like 100%, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm terrible at just saying like to myself, like go to bed, Stefan. Like I'm, I, I literally, that actually is actually the point I get to. I'm like, just go to bed, Stefan. Go to bed. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I could go into sleep loads, but, but you have, a, you probably have an alarm to wake up. Many. Yeah. Cause I don't get enough sleep. Mm. But do you have an alarm to, go to sleep? No, I, I ignore it whenever, oh, yeah. whenever I've set one I ignore okay. it and that's, I lack discipline in that area yeah it's, it's tough it's tough and I struggle too right I'm not perfect I'm a well-being consultant I still need support yeah. every day and I need to stick to my action plan or otherwise I, f I feel it and it, it doesn't happen naturally right I've still got to very consciously mm. make sure that I'm diligent with it all but yeah, in short, I don't know. Was that five tips? I can give one more. Um, again, nutrition look at um, things in sustainability yeah. so try to, to not ban any foods or, okay. or food types, I would say just everything in moderation, eat mindfully and try and go for sustainability. So things that you can keep for a long time rather than these big peaks and troughs. Um, mm. Fad diets are linked to higher mortality rates. Wow. So there huh. you go, right? You might think it's good in the short term, but in the long term. I mean, I mean, it makes sense, doesn't it? Because you're putting a lot of, your, a lot of pressure on your body yeah. when you're actually doing those fad diets. Um, is there anything that anybody should 100% avoid? 
well look how much alcohol you're having how much <laughs> caffeine you're, you're drinking right okay, yeah. um you know caffeine by itself doesn't actually harm you but look at if that's impacting your sleep when is the last coffee mm. that you're having you know caffeine has a six hour half-life um so if you have a your last coffee at, at three at nine o'clock you've still got half of that coffee caffeine yeah. in your in your body so even if you're falling asleep at, at nine ten eleven um you know you still have that in your body so it's impacting your quality of sleep maybe not your duration but your quality so so look at stuff like that i would say rather than trying to avoid i'd say more just uh, let's encourage eating your, a full healthy diet mm. right balanced diet looking at all your macronutrients so having carbohydrates but healthy carbs so high in mm. fiber you know whole wheat rather than having white bread for example but you still need carbohydrates yep. proteins fats you still need fat sometimes okay. people demonize fat yep, yep. um but having having you know these healthy fats as well as then looking at making sure you're drinking enough water okay. every day so six to eight glasses of water especially um, if you're drinking coffee right especially if you're drinking yeah. coffee yeah it's a diuretic and alcohol is yeah. diuretic um and as it's getting darker and, and colder and <laughs> um, yeah you know people don't drink as much water in the summer it's a bit easier to drink enough let's summarize quickly then with physical activity something's better than nothing so mm -hmm. even just a 10 15 20 minute walk um, at lunchtime okay. before work after work one um making sure that you're sleeping seven to nine hours a night ideally mm -hmm. um work your way up if you're struggling um making sure that you're having a balanced healthy diet okay it's three and then mindfulness exercises mindfulness. so either just you know, one minute breathing in for four seconds, out for four seconds, yeah. or listening to a guided meditation. Um, ideally, ten minutes a day if you can schedule that into your your, your schedule. So, yeah, and, I think. And caffeine is all. And caffeine, yeah, just looking at at a, at a cutoff point if you're having a lot and you're struggling to fall asleep, that's something to look at. And obviously, everything in moderation. So yeah. if you're having alcohol, that also impacts your sleep. So um, make sure again everything moderation now you've spoke about these five things right now how could one implement that in their company with their team yeah are there any strategies for that like yeah absolutely so so i guess our our way of, of developing a strategy um is four four steps or five steps firstly i would say if you're looking to support your team's well-being mm -hmm. is to one carry out an awareness workshop or internal communication piece around what well-being is because mm -hmm. as we were speaking at the start people well, one well-being is different for everybody, um, but also just highlighting that, okay, oh, we're, we're subly and we're starting a well-being strategy for all of your employees to understand that it's not that you're going to make them have to go to the gym at lunch yeah. or that they have to be yoga gurus or that, you know, they'll never be able to have cake in the office again or cake or pizza you know it, yeah. it's that it's it's really around hey we're subly or we're an organization and we're looking we're wanting to enable you as staff to do what's needed for you mm -hmm. as an individual um to feel well yeah. and to, to 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 work on that um then step two is a needs analysis that we carry out so again it's it, a lot of companies very well intentioned will then go great well-being super important you might hear mm. this talking about shit you know yeah, we, yeah, we yeah, really yeah. need to do this and so put your finger out in the air and you go let's 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 get half price gym membership let's sign up to an eap an employee persistence program half price you know let's send everyone fruit which is great and well-intentioned but actually a really critical step which sounds very obvious but is often actually missed is asking your staff what they need and what mm. they want so carrying out a survey understand if you're doing anything already what's working what isn't maybe working so well you know is your half price gym membership only getting five percent engagement yeah 
It's going to spend a lot of money, but yeah. can you can you reinvest that somewhere and ask them what their needs are? And especially at the moment, there are some very tailored needs, COVID-specific needs. So carry out a survey, interview people. Sometimes it's best to get an external provider in to do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not plugging Renault Wellbeing, but like just anybody. If you can get somebody <laughs> somebody to come in and, and kind of do that so you get as honest feedback as possible. Sometimes people are scared. They go, oh God, if I yeah, say yeah, this, yeah, am I yeah, going to yeah. get fired? Is it going to come back to me? Totally. And especially with small companies, even if it's anonymous, yeah, yeah. you'll be able to go, oh, that's definitely Stefan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, that's so Stefan. Right? That's the way or, he talks. Yeah, exactly. And so if you can get an external person to come in and do that and then develop a bespoke strategy off yeah. the back of that. So if you clearly can see that sleep is an issue or people are struggling with their mental health and anxiety, you can make sure that you're putting on that support if it's one-to-one -one support or putting on awareness workshops mm. um, and that's where either internally you can you can develop that yourself mm. or get an external provider to do that mm. then implement it right over time but what's really important is that when you're doing that needs analysis you'll benchmark where you are mm. so you can maybe look for key kpis that you're wanting to look at engagement maybe or looking at um you know just even self-reported how people rate their well-being or rate their mental health rate their support from their managers and then at six months time or a year's time you can then measure that or carry out that survey again mm -hmm. see where you are what's working what isn't update your 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 strategy um, and implementation and obviously if you had a strategy pre-covid right things and things are different yeah, um, yeah. and so you need to make sure that it's flexible it's not set in stone it's a malleable thing and if you then are growing make sure that your onboarding includes some of that yeah. well-being aspect because people need to be inducted into that culture of well-being yeah. and understand what everyone's talking about, what this is, and, and to encourage them to use that. That's a really good point, actually. Yeah, because we're, you know, we're doing our hire plan for next year as well, and it's I didn't even think about that. Mm. So, yeah. So, you know, it's funny. Uh, I saw recently uh, that Gary V. have you heard of, you know Gary V. Yeah. You know, yeah. have you heard of 1.37 p.m.? No. So that's his um, kind of like media platform for guys, basically our age. He'll get somebody in external to do like a presentation for, I think it was a specific number of minutes. Okay. It was like 15 minutes, cool. right? At one thirty-seven, which is the same as the name of that, that publication okay. that he's got, right? And he explained why. Yeah. So it's at one thirty-seven because for the seven minutes from half past, people are going to be sitting doing nothing because they're actually going to be waiting for the start of that that presentation, right? Oh, nice. It's a nice, it's really smart, That's this hack, cool. right? Like and that. then it was 15 minutes. So I think it ended and gave them eight minutes after it to the, the top of the hour. And it was like, wow, that's really smart because he's basically implementing a, a, a plan that causes people to just take a minute yeah. and just do nothing. Love that, the gift of time. Yeah. Just to kind of ref like have a moment. That's really cool. And then the 15 minutes, they don't have to. He's, he actually said it himself. He's like, I don't care if they watch it or not. I just know that those, the way it's been structured it gives half an hour carved into the day where they have to do nothing, basically. Right. That's Brilliant. really great. And I think, I think with something like that, yeah. again, it's really important because some people might use those seven minutes to answer the emails that they have to look at, <laughs> right? And go through their inbox or, or, or kind of look at what they have next or prep for that. And so again, in an organization, if you're thinking of implementing that even within your company mm. culture, it's really pushing and driving, almost giving that permission yep. to do that. And if you can, as a CEO, as a, as a leader or mm. as a culture driver within an organization is to really encourage that and attach those work 
benefits to it because if you're going look i care about your health and happiness but also this is going to benefit your work people go oh wow okay really i, I genuinely yeah, can connect, i'm actually allowed to, to do that yeah. and then you have something like that set up so that they can um i think i really like that idea it's cool isn't it maybe i should start doing that yeah thanks um, gary v yeah thank, thanks, thanks Stefan. thanks gaza yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look what do you think the future of wellness and business looks like it's hard to say because if you asked me this in January, I'd have a very different answer to, to how where it is now. COVID's definitely extraordinarily boosted the profile and the, the need almost of um, mental health and well-being support within organizations, but also just within the world, right? Mm -hmm. People are realizing more and more that their well-being is important, mostly because I think a lot of people are struggling a lot for the first time or seeing others are struggling and don't know how to deal with it or yeah. do anything about it or support those that they see are it's struggling new to them. it's new yeah. it's unknown there's a lot of unpredictability also it's been difficult because you know with three month lock a three week lockdown and then it extends and then it extends and so you never know and so, so it's like hard to to put plans in place and, and upskill and whether to invest or not and i think it's clear that this isn't going away anytime soon, even with this vaccine that's come out. And, you know, it's still not going to go like this. Um, but I think the way in which people are, are working and, um, you know, it's just the fact that we're all human and we still need well-being, COVID or not. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's going to become a business, I hopefully, like almost like being a, a green, sustainable organization. Um, I'm hoping that it's, it's almost a necessity rather than a nice to have. I think it's it's going to go there. It still needs a lot of work. And I'm hoping that if COVID goes away or this, this stuff goes away, that that still stays as a business mm -hmm. priority. We'll see. I'll do my best to keep banging <laughs> the drum uh, and, and getting people to encourage themselves and also their staff to, to, to look after their well-being. Um, but I think there's, there's so much science behind it, Stefan, that mm. it's so hard to ignore. That I think it's going to be hard to, to not do it. And I, and I think that's so yeah. important for, for business people to take heed of. Yeah. That it is backed by science. Yeah. This isn't some woo-woo stuff. No, yeah, yeah. This is it's tangible. Tangible, yeah, it. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can feel it. You can see it financially yeah, yeah. by bank statement. Yeah. You know? <laughs> the cash flow yeah. at the end of the month, yeah. You know, you were saying like the comparison between mental health and, and physical health. Yeah. I want to go back to that because... Yeah. That one I am really passionate about. So when we say physical health, we can see someone can be physically healthy. Yep. So let's say an Olympic athlete in their prime, we would assume are, are extremely, extremely healthy mm -hmm. physically. Um, one can then move along this continuum to less mentally, uh, less physically healthy here, right? You have a cold, one can have a flu, broken shoulder from playing rugby, mm -hmm. right? And then more clinical issues. Now across this continuum, right, you can have a cold and you're aware oh i've got a cold mm -hmm. i can tell you oh hey stefan mate how you doing yeah good i've got a bit of a cold you can talk about it mm -hmm. also you know action reaction i have a cold i'm gonna have more vitamin c mm -hmm. i might rest i might wrap up warm same thing with a hurt, hurt shoulder mm -hmm. okay i might not play rugby for a bit i might go get physio i might have to tape it i might have to get surgery like whatever it is but you're probably going to do something about it mm -hmm. and you're aware that your shoulder's hurting you're not just going oh, my body hurts i don't know fuck it, I'm just going to ignore it. You're like, no, my shoulder's hurting. Yeah. So I'm going to do something about it. And if we even move this continuum along and we look at prehab, so mm. preventative measures, okay, right? Okay. So there's, prevent there's cure, mm -hmm. right? I have a cold, vitamin C, but then there's prevention. Mm -hmm. We spoke of a little bit around nutrition, sleep, and physical activity, okay. right? We, we do all of that. You don't only have fruit and vegetables in theory when you're sick. You try and eat it 
across the board to prevent you from getting sick and stay healthy. You don't only try and be physically active once you're ill, you try and do it all the time for all of those mental and physical health benefits. Mm. And the same thing with sleep in theory, mm. right? You don't only sleep seven to nine hours a night to rest and recover, mm -hmm. uh, to recover because you're ill, you try and do it constantly because you need to, to stay well. Right, yeah. And it's quite, it's quite common knowledge. Yeah. But when we look at mental health, sometimes the stigma is, and, and the stigma is really starting to decrease, which is wonderful, but it still needs a lot of work, is people's minds go, when you say mental health, straight to mental ill health, mm -hmm. right? Head and hands, black and white, yeah. photo, yeah. Um, or sometimes people go, well, I don't have depression. I've never seen a therapist. So actually I don't actually, I don't actually have mental health. But funnily enough, just like physical health, everyone has physical health. We all right. have, we all have mental health. Yeah. It's possible to be mentally healthy. Mm -hmm. You're still on that mental health spectrum. And so you have mental health. But then if we look at the continuum again with mental health, one can feel stressed and anxious. And I think a lot of us is definitely feeling mm -hmm. that. And if you look at the stats, even before COVID, a lot of people do have mental health issues, even if they're non-clinical. Even, you know, mild depression and then more clinical issues, more clinical issues as we move yeah, along yeah. the spectrum. And if uh, if we just look at the non-clinical issues for now, I think a lot of us, you know, especially those probably listening to this, uh, professionals working, right, so you go, oh, it's, it's, it's COVID, it's tough, I'm probably running a startup. My work stressful, so obviously it's normal. All my friends are pretty stressed at the moment. I'm stressed, that's normal. Right, so so the you tolerance just, is up here, basically. Right, but also then you just kind of wake up and you're oh, feeling a bit stressed, but that's normal, so I'm just right. gonna deal with it. But if you did that with a cold, some, some people don't necessarily do something about it, but with, a, with stress and anxiety more so, you don't actually, one, look inward and go, what's stressing me out or, or how am I feeling today? And oh, I'm stressed. And, and then two, you don't, do something about it to cure that, right? Mm -hmm. You just go, oh, it's normal. I'm just going to deal with it. I'll push it down or yeah. I'll push through the day and, you know, whatever, it's normal. But actually, there are so many things that you can do that we mentioned, you know, doing mindfulness activities, creative activities, mm. right? Being physically active, it's very proven to help reduce stress and anxiety. Sleeping seven to nine hours a night, all can really help reduce the impact of stress and anxiety, as well as then if we move this continuum along, you can do a lot of preventative pieces to help improve your resilience. So your chance of bouncing back mm. from stressful situations, mm, but also your capacity to deal with yeah. stressful situations. And that's not saying that doing mindfulness and going for a run is going to stop COVID or stop right. your divorce or your dog <laughs> being sick, but at least, at <laughs> least it'll help you deal with it yeah. in a better way and, and not just go, oh, well, it's normal. And I think people often don't do that. And especially then with your team, even though you're not a qualified psychologist, you can still help them with those non-clinical issues yeah. um, around stress and anxiety. So yeah, I think it's worth saying that. I have a kind of an analogy that I think might be useful for, for viewers and listeners. That it's kind of like the way I understand it, correct me if I'm wrong. It's like a, it's like a pot of boiling water, right? Or, or water and it's boiling, which is like when you're stressed and stuff, and you might have it boiling at the the, the top where it's like yeah. bubbles like simmering. coming simmering yeah. at the top yeah and then and then as soon as like something else is added in there it just kind of starts to bubble over right and you're talking about this preventative uh, approach which is like well let's get that simmered down to like calm water like that's cool mm. and then when something comes in the pot it can hand you can handle it because it will just become a simmer then yeah. is that is that yeah okay, totally cool. totally and it's not saying keeping it cool is going to stop that potato coming in your boiling right. pot yeah but at least then once a potato comes in, you're not simmering over yeah. or you're less likely to. I mean, all problems are potatoes, right? Yeah. 
<laughs> bloody potatoes. <laughs> bloody potatoes. <laughs> potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize in advance. It must be the whiskey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> everything in moderation. Yeah, everything in moderation. <laughs> You're saying that it's on a continuum. You've got the the mental health part, and then also the physical health. But I see in the world that people always prioritize their physical health, believing that that leads to mental health. Now, this is this drives me insane mm. because I see people out there and they're going, "Oh, if I get fit and healthy." and I look good, then I will feel good. Mm -hmm. And that will solve my insert problems here that I feel about myself, like mm. lack of self-love or whatever. Mm. Um, is that something that you try and educate as well? Like, Yeah, I mean, um, I just literally ran a workshop today oh, on, really? the, on physical activity for good mental health. Mm. So it definitely is one, one of many ways in which you can help improve your mental health. But there are also other things that you can do to also continuously help your mental health. And I don't think it's the only thing. I, I'm very physically active. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah, yeah. And what I mean to say is like, people believe that, that their physical health is more important than mental health because they believe that that is the cause and effect relationship for it. But actually you exist in your mind Mm. therefore why don't you prioritize your mental health yeah. over your physical health it's like a it's right. like you should be working out your brain just as much as you work out your body yeah. yeah and and you know maybe if you're mentally healthy you you might not feel like you need to work out to yeah. look good totally. you know that's what i'm trying to say no and i Sorry. can see i can see what you're saying i i would say they're both like i think they they both exist interconnectedly okay. it's a vicious cycle if you're not feeling good in your body mm, you're not okay. exercising it can be harder to then feel motivated to maybe meditate and look after your mental health right. but yet if you're not mentally healthy it can be harder for you to improve your physical health and then vice mm, versa if okay. you're more physically healthy and you feel better and you have more self-esteem and self-confidence you're probably more likely to then feel more engaged and, and and motivated to look after your mental health but you shouldn't prioritize one over the other i think they both live together oh, yeah. and i think in today's world though people's mental health is really taking a battering yeah, yeah, and yeah. i think that's something that we need to focus on at the moment more so than ever and become more aware that you have mental health as you do your physical health health and just by working out just by looking after how you look is not the be all and end all to your mental health you also might need to look inwardly do some mindfulness meditation take stock of what's going on speak to others speak yeah, to your friends yeah, speak to your family one. about it yeah. articulate what's going on inside of you give someone else the chance it's always to talk scarier about it. than you think it's gonna be like you know like the idea of talking to someone is can be terrifying versus like how it actually turns out when you do it right. yeah people want to listen people it's feel a good to, to be asked for help it, it's not the potato that you think it is yeah exactly <laughs> could be a bloody carrot for all, it you could know. be a carrot oh I hope this is funny for other people <laughs> <laughs> yeah because when we rewatch it and we're like oh, oh god what was I saying <laughs> potato analogy this, I'm going to trademark this actually, yeah, yeah, right after that's, this yeah oh, okay potatoes for good mental health yeah yeah <laughs> Let's wrap up because I could keep talking about yeah. this forever and I know that you're a busy guy. So what is it you actually do and like sure. where can people find you? Yeah. Like if they're interested in getting involved with Renner um, Wellness, like yeah. where and how? Where and how? So uh, so one, what we do, so we, we kind of have three main services. So one is organizational wellbeing consulting. So we'll come in and help you develop a bespoke wellbeing strategy for your organization, big or small. We work with teams of one, two, three people, right the way through to big corporates, like we've done workshops with Deloitte, uh, big, big 
UI, employees from UI, et cetera. Um, so no matter where you are in your wellbeing journey, we can help you do that. Two, we do wellbeing workshops and bespoke workshops around those four main areas of wellbeing, manager training, help people to develop their action plans. Um, we do some one-to-one -one support as well as um, kind of offshoots, some some live workouts and mindful meditation work. Um, Mindful med guided meditations. Mm -hmm. uh, where to find us? So the best place is to look at our website. So it's www.renairwellbeing. So r e n e r wellbeing dot com. Uh, also on LinkedIn. So okay. if you if you want to find my my personal one, it's Khalil Renair. So uh, or or we have our company page. Cool. I'll make sure I put that in the uh, show notes as well, sure, so thanks. that people can find you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen, Khalil, it's been amazing having you. And um, I feel like a lot of amazing stuff has come up that is actionable and people hopefully will implement it. I really hope they do. Um, and I hope they reach out as well um, because that's what all of this is about. So um, I'm going to give you a, an elbow. We can have a COVID-friendly COVID -friendly elbow. There we go. Cheers. Nice. Thank you. Cheers. Um, thanks for the for the amazing of course. whiskey and, and having me on. Yeah, of course. It's been a pleasure. Nice one. Well, keep rocking on, man. Rock on! <laughs> You've been listening to the Subscription Rockstars podcast, brought to you by Subly, the number one subscription e-commerce platform. We appreciate you taking the time to engage with and listen to this podcast. Make sure you click subscribe to find out when the next Subscription Rockstar podcast episode is available. For now, keep rocking on.